Touchdown! Of course, the crowd wants Reed to go for it. Wouldn't be surprised if he did on fourth down and one. So, anyways, with that time, George. Welcome to fourth and one. I'm Todd Palmer, joined by Nick Jacobs. And uh, the draft is done. It's in the books, man. And uh, look, I mean, I'm not the only one who feels this way, obviously. uh, But it felt to me like the Chiefs had a great draft. Um, and, And I really... We said it about the first round. We said it in the, the second and third rounds. I like the value that the Chiefs got uh, pretty much up and down uh, along the way. I mean, Josh Williams is a guy that I think, um, you know, when they picked Trent McDuffie, it was a little bit of an unusual pick for them. He's, he's a little bit shorter than, and not quite as long and lanky as the Chiefs typically go Uh, go with for corners and so then of course what do they do they come back and they get joshua williams out of fayetteville state uh the first hbcu player drafted in two years by the way um who's a 6'3 195 pound prospect and then they come back and they get jalen watson out of washington state in the seventh round um who it may take him a while to develop but he could be a special teams guy they're going to need some help because you know, they lost their gunners, um, you know, and they've lost some key contributors, or at least they haven't resigned guys like Dorian O'Daniels, uh, Armani Watson, or sorry, Armani Watson. Boy, I can't pronounce any names today. Marcus Kemp, Chris Lamonts, you know, those kind of guys. So you're going to need some of those bottom of the roster guys that are athletic and can make plays. Um, but I thought, and maybe I'm crazy here, I thought the most intriguing pick was when they traded up in the fifth round for Darian Kennard out of Kentucky. And the reason I say that is he played right tackle, um, but he probably projects better as a guard in the NFL. Um, what, I mean, you've got Andrew Wiley, uh, but do you think Kennard can stick at right tackle? Or do you think they might flirt with the idea if Kennard plays well, but he's a guard um, of seeing what Trey Smith can do at right tackle? Or do you think that part of why they picked Darian Kennard is just the versatility, the fact that he's a mauler and it has that toughness that we talked about and, um, and you know, they think that he can add something to the, to the group. Yeah. I mean, with Kennard, I, I think it's just a matter of, <clears throat> he was the best guy on the board at that point, And he may have dropped a little bit injury wise because of uh, a meniscus issue in the past. So that may have been what dropped him off the board a little bit from the <clears throat> overall talent that he had. Um, but I mean, look, <clears throat> Andy Heck always likes to rotate offensive linemen around. So he's yeah, going to cross train all the time. So he's going to rotate some offensive linemen around. So, I mean, Trey Smith may see some at right tackle. Gennar may see some at right tackle. Andrew Wiley may see some at right or left tackle. So, I mean, they're going to rotate a bunch of guys around in OTAs, and they're going to check them out like they do every year. And then they may rotate them around a little bit in training camp, and then, you know, then that's going to be that. And then they'll decide who the best five are come September. So do I think they'll give them a shot and look at them? Yeah. But, I mean – what tape he'd put up when he's 30 pounds heavier, he looked like a guard. So if he's been able to lighten up, there's a possibility, but we won't know until the pads come on in August. And that goes for every single one of those players. I mean, I know people want a lot of projections right now. They want a lot of stuff to where they can see what's this guy going to be, what's that going to be. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, even the team is 100% sure, and they won't know until they see him in pads in, in August. So, I mean, it's all kind of a bunch of white noise in that regard until that time comes. And uh, that's a good tease for the fact that the preseason games this year, uh, uh, once again, are on KSHB 41 because we are the home of the Chiefs, Nick Jacobs. This is very true. <laughs> um, 
be like, how did that happen? By the way, should we do a podcast? I'm <laughs> just kidding. Um, but look, I mean, you know, the, the thought all along was that they were going to go for tackle, which is why, uh, you know, I absolutely think, um, you know, with Lucas Niang being, you know, being hurt, probably, I think Veach said earliest he'd be available was late in training camp. You know, that's why tackle popped up as a need. I, I think, look, I still think the signing of, of Garen Christian, um, or Christian Garen, uh, sorry, uh, who played with the Texans, um, is an underrated off-season acquisition. I think he's a guy who can play, fill that swing tackle role. He's got experience at left tackle, um, you know, and he brings a presence there. But I think Kennard's a guy who they'll look at there. I, I mean, safe to say that they were going for size, length, athleticism uh, in that cornerback room because um, that's the position they really, really attacked uh, with three of their ten picks going to cornerback. You know, and they they went a little bit more. Um, with their prototype corners there in the fourth and the seventh rounds with Joshua Williams and, and Jalen Watson. Yeah. I mean, with Williams, I mean, he's got high upside and I mean, he comes from a division two level, so that's going to be, may take him a little time to acclimate there in training camp and so on. So we'll see how that ends up working out in that regard. But he, like you said, he's got high upside. I mean, a guy that's six, three and can run the way he can, you know, that's, you're going to take a chance there in the fourth round, which is what that is. I mean, just rounds one, two, ones, you want the sure thing or as close to sure thing as you can get. Highest athletic ability, twos, you'll take a couple flaws. Three, you'll take a couple flaws. But you want them to be able to be out on the field as role players or starters. And then four, you're starting to take guys who have upside but have flaws that you can try to fix. And same kind of goes for five. And then six and sevens where you start taking the flyers to where you don't necessarily want to pay undrafted free agent money. So, I mean, with Williams, like I said, he dominated the D2 level. I liked him coming out there. And he's got the size, speed, and overall athletic ability to be able to be successful. Um, with Jalen Watson, I mean, look, he struggled in the games that I watched. I mean, he, he's got great size and long arms, but he he lacked desire at times and top-end speed. Um, and it could have been because of the desire, potentially. So, I mean, he, and he looked lost in zone coverage and some of the some of the patterns just he's overwhelmed by him. So, I mean, you know, he's, he's got to be willing to fight through blocks. He's going to have to help and run support and he's going to have to get better at being able to cover the inside routes. So, I mean, that's, that's why he's going in the seventh round because of that. So, I mean, did the chiefs get a guy with high upside in the seventh round? You bet. I mean, he's got a lot of athletic ability for him and I'm sure they're excited to work with him as like a fifth or maybe even sixth corner, but that's a guy that's going to be a project for two to three years to, get them to where they want to. And the bigger question that they're going to have once they bring him in here is how quickly can he pick up the scheme? Uh, how long does it take him to pick up the scheme? How well does he do pattern matching wise? Is he a better man? He's better zone. And then they start working through what calls they want to have whenever he's in there. Yeah. I think Dave Tobel also have a conversation with him about, can you play gunner? <laughs> right. Um, can that be the value you bring to the team? Um, you know, in, in that respect, um, Nazi Johnson, you know, another safety. I mean, I think that's the same, same type of what as, as Watson, like, you know, bring him in, see how he adapts, see if he has, uh, if he can be, a um, a plus special teams contributor because they do have some back end of the roster spots that are open for those kind of, uh, those kind of guys. Um, you know, so you want a guy that you think, like you said, maybe in two or three years, he can develop into a guy, um, you know, Armani Watts. 
showed flashes here and there, but ultimately um, didn't end up being that guy. And so now you've got, you know, uh, Nazi Johnson or Jalen Watson will get a chance to fill that back into the, the rotation. Brett Veach talked up a lot about uh, the depth in this year's running back class as well. What do you make of Isaiah Pacheco? Because the minute that I, that I saw him drafted and did a little research, you see the four, three, seven 40, um, you see that he, uh, you know, but the, the production he had doesn't match the, the traits and the speed. Right. Uh, but my immediate thought was, do they envision him being a guy who can bring that speed element, ha- ha- be that sudden kind of athlete? Like they, you know, like Jarek McKinnon was at times last year. I mean, when you watch some of his highlights, yeah, he's got some, a little bit of McKinnon to him. So that may be what they hope for, but I think it's another one of those guys that they, they believe has a certain level of ability um, where he is definitely not lacking his confidence. So he's, right. he's got a ton of confidence. So it'll, it'll be very interesting to see how they can, um, if, if his work ethic and his um, technique at working at that work ethic, if that can translate to the amount of confidence that he has. If he is, it would be a steal. But um, we, we will see in the months ahead how that, uh, how that ends up shaking out because that's another guy you kind of took a flyer on. You're going to see what he can do, if he can be a pass protector that they kind of want, if he can you know, kind of live up to what he'd kind of talked about. So it'll uh, – I mean, at times he looks stiff to me in some of the games I watched, but, I mean, the, the part of it is, though, is like – I get a certain amount of games I get access to and that I can look at. So, I mean, for all I know, that player could have been hurt that game or that player could have had, you know, the hamstring, you know, maybe they have a hamstring issue. Maybe they they're coming off as surgery. Maybe they have something else. I mean, so that's why, I mean, what I see is what I see. And, you know, that's, that's what I, that's what I write down about. That isn't the whole complete picture of who they are as a player or as a person. And so like, like I've said about the board before, I mean, it's, you know, it, it's based off, you know, snapshots in time. It's not their whole career. So that's why I don't get upset if I completely miss on somebody. I just, I want to, do I want to strive to be hundred percent on that type of stuff? Sure. But I mean, you know, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't on my board. Chanel wasn't on my board, you know, and that's not, and you know, that's not, a, not necessarily a bad thing. It's just like, you know, the, the, what I kind of want from, athletic perspective, what I think translates well in the chief scheme wasn't there in the games that I watch personally. Doesn't mean they won't be good. Doesn't mean they won't be a good professional. It just means from the ones I had access to that's, you know, there was stuff that still needed to kind of be adjusted or flushed out potentially. Well, and the other thing I'd say though, is I, Andy Reid's track record says he can, he can get something out of running backs. Um, um, I know Clyde Edwards Hilaire has been a bit of a disappointment, but uh, for the most part, I mean, the guys they brought in, uh, you know, you think about Daryl Williams, you think about, um, you know, you know, going back to Philadelphia, the Brian Westbrooks, the, uh, you know, guys like that. I mean, uh, Andy Reed has been able to, to draw out the best in, in guys. I, I think Pacheco is a guy who, um, I, you know, you mentioned, um, you know, living up to some things. He's got to be coachable. Um, you know, because, um, he's got great speed, but he doesn't have patience. He doesn't have great vision. Will he listen to the coaches? Will he, uh, will he take that coaching and, and then, 
um, incorporate it so that he can make the most of, of the, the traits that he does have. Um, you know, I mean, that remains to be seen, but, um, certainly, um, intriguing. I mean, it'll be, you know, it'll be fun to see him get going in, in Andy's scheme and see what they can do with him. Um, you know, but, um, I mean, all in all, I mean, look, th- those Watson, Pacheco and Johnson were seventh round guys, right? They're the 233rd, 243rd, and 259th guy off the board. Um, so, um, you know, and they're the eighth, ninth and 10th guys in this draft class for the chiefs. So, um, if, you know, if they can stick on the roster and be contributors, then, then that's a win for the chiefs. But, you know, it's those first, those first six guys, uh, six, seven guys that they got, um, that, that you're really, um, most excited about. Um, so, uh, all right. I, I know we're still pretty fresh out to the draft, but, um, any, any needs that weren't met, is there anything else you'd like to see? I know a lot of us, you know, had kind of hoped that maybe, maybe the chiefs would take another edge rusher or another wide receiver. And that didn't happen on day three. Um, so what, uh, you know, what, what remains, what work remains to be done between now and training camp to, to kind of round out this roster in your mind? Yeah. I'm curious to see if they get some defensive ends or if they get a defensive tackle, um veteran wise they can kind of work in and potentially make you know make a difference we'll see but a lot of it's going to depend on if guys get released here after the draft that are veterans that can kind of potentially have that impact that the chiefs are after so we'll see in that regard and i mean but i, I think defensive line if you're going to invest some money that's the that's the spot to invest a little bit more in if you got a chance because receiver wise i mean I, I don't know if there's really anything you want on the market that wasn't already available to you until you know, until Odell Beckham gets back to 100%. And even then, that would be a prove-it deal middle of the year. So, I mean, you're not looking to October or November, and you may be set at wide receiver at that point. So, you know, I mean, at this at this point, you're you're going to see if anybody gets released. Like if a James Bradbury gets released by the Giants at corner, you know, maybe that's something that the at the right price you potentially invest in. But, I mean, they I don't think they have an interest in Jarvis Landry. They would have already gotten him at this point. And, We'll see if Melvin Ingram uh, would like to come back before training camp um, and go from there. Yeah. And I think it's important to remember after all the moves that the chiefs made, um, you know, they've got about 18 million in salary cap space. Obviously some of that's going to have to go to the rookie class, um, you know, but they do have a little bit of money to play with um, if they are interested in, in, in making an, another addition or two. Um, and I'll say this about the wide receiver. I mean, the chiefs may have gone into the draft thinking, Hey, you know, let's get a couple defensive ends. Let's get a couple wide receivers. And maybe they just didn't feel the value was there or, you know, they traded away a pick they were going to use on that second wide receiver to move up and get a guy like Darian Kennard. So, um, you know, that may spark some interest post-draft. I mean, we saw like, for example, the report out of new Orleans that the saints, because they weren't able to find a safety in the draft because of the way the draft board fell are, are now expected to make a, a big pursuit for Tyron Matthew. So, you know, maybe, maybe there is a wide receiver that they wanted to hold off until they saw what they got in the draft. Um, that still becomes available, or maybe they really, really, really like what Josh Gordon has brought, um, in the off season and are getting good reports from Mahomes and the work they put in down in Texas. And they're more comfortable with that than, than people realize. I mean, um, you know, some of those answers will start to obviously come here in the next couple months. Um, you know, you've got the rookie mini camp coming up OTAs, mandatory mini camp and then they'll have uh you know five six weeks off and then we're right back into training camp and rolling again 
Yeah, and I will uh <clears throat> I will be very intrigued um coming down the road here what what the uh what Ryan Poles does in Chicago this time next year when the draft rolls around. Oh to- yeah. In what sense? I'm just saying that there were a lot of players there that looked like they were chief style of players that went to Chicago. So I will be very curious when Ryan Poles is 100% truly on his own, um, what the Bears dra- draft looks like next year. Yeah. I mean, cause obviously, you know, he'd, uh, spent a lot of time. I mean, you know, when you hire a guy in, in, you know, January, February, they've already, you know, been part of some conversations. If you're on the personnel side, um, you know, they've already been part of some conversations with your scouting department, stuff like that. So, um, you know, speaking of, uh, you know, chiefs, I mean, I, I feel like a lot of people are giving this draft class an A, um, who else, are there any other teams that stood out to you? Um, you know, that you thought really got better in the draft. I think the Colts jumped out in my mind. The Jets, I thought, had a really good draft. Um, you know, but I just didn't know if there's anybody who caught your attention. Well, it seems like uh, seems like Ryan Poles had a really good draft. So um, I'll be curious to, like I said, I'll be curious to see when he's truly away, 100% from the nest, how that ends up working out here. Um, yeah, I mean, from a team perspective, like you said, I mean, the Jets, the Jets had one of their better drafts since they – normally underwhelm on a regular basis the jets were able to have a strong performance i mean obviously the the bills just they're going to draft well for quite some time so i mean that's just going to be the reality of that and, and the ravens the, were crazy and the raven like i mean the ravens do what the ravens do what they do so i mean they get physical guys so i mean whenever you get kyle hamilton who fits the raven style and you get a physical center like Lindebaum, and you take a flyer on a Jabo and give him a year away. And then obviously you get Travis Jones, a very physical defensive tackle. You get a physical corner, you know, I mean that, yeah, obviously the Ravens had themselves a, a great draft. The bills had a great draft. I mean, so, I mean, those, those guys in themselves did a good job and, you know, potentially the, the Bengals had had a solid draft. So. Yeah. I thought that, you know, New Orleans only had five picks, but you know, they got, Chris Olave, Trevor Penning, Alante Taylor, DeMarco Jackson, the linebacker out of Appalachian State, and Jordan Jackson, the Air Force defensive tackle. So I, I thought they made the most of their, uh, you know, of the picks that they did have. The Broncos, Broncos had a solid draft. So they they had a lot of guys off, off my board as well. And then the Lions, I mean, with Dorsey being there, they're going to, they're going to find some of those diamonds in the rough. They're going to find those, find those high energy players. So I'm not, I'm not surprised to not to see John Dorsey's fingerprints all over the lines stuff. And I'll be interested to see how that ends up shaking out. And um, Packers I, had a Packers had a solid draft. They had a very solid draft actually. Yeah, you know, a team that I think um, didn't get talked about a lot, but, but when you look at the, the players that they did get, um, I like what Houston, Houston's draft. I, I, Stingley went a little high, but they got they got Derek Stingley Jr. They got Kenyon Green. They got Jalen Petrie, the safety out of Baylor. They got John Mechie the third. Um, they got Christian Harris, the linebacker of Alabama. Damian Pierce. I mean, I you know they did some work. I thought they did some work, and um, so uh, maybe you know 
Uh, maybe they can surprise some teams, uh, you know, t- maybe beat the Broncos for us this year or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Time will, time will tell how that organization does here in the, in the months ahead before the latest dysfunction happens down there. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I mean, there's some, some things have not changed obviously. So yeah. And then Miami didn't have a lot of picks, but they made a really good one there in the fourth round. A little receiver out of Texas Tech, so congrats to Dolphins on that one. Greedy jerks. I, I thought, you know, Carolina was a team that, you know, they didn't have a lot of picks either, but to get Iki Aquanu in the first round, who I thought was the best tackle and filled the need, um, you know, to get Matt Corral in the third round, Brandon Smith, uh, the inside linebacker from Penn State, I thought was a good pick, Amari Barno from Virginia Tech, uh, Cade Mays, the guard out of Tennessee, um, you know, I mean, I think they got better. The problem for some of those teams like Carolina and Houston is they, they needed so much help. Um, you know, so uh, do you think the chiefs did enough? Cause there's been all this talk about how, um, and by the way, Atlanta is another team that I think did well in the draft to be able to get Desmond Ritter where they did to go with Drake London and Troy Anderson, a speedy uh, linebacker and Arnold Ebiketti who fills, you know, they, they were the worst pass rush team in the league last year and Ebiketti and D'Angelo Malone out of Western Kentucky, I think um, will help turn that around. I thought they, they did a good job, but you know, like I said, some of those teams, they had so much ground to make up and you, know, you think about Atlanta, they don't have a quarterback anymore. I mean, they've got Mariota and now Desmond Ritter, but Matt Ryan's gone. So, I mean, they helped themselves, but I don't know that they put themselves in the conversation as a contender. Um, did the chiefs do enough in your mind to still, uh, be the the odds-on favorite to you know maybe host a, a Super Bowl or sorry host an AFC Championship game for the fifth straight year and get to their third Super Bowl in four years. I mean they're they're still in the ballpark right now. This some of these moves helped them kind of remain in that ballpark and kind of what their theme of the draft was in terms of getting high football IQ guys who are going to work hard, guys who are going to hustle, guys who have mental toughness and physical toughness. So all those guys combined, I think, are going to make a are going to help that roster make the difference that they needed to in some of those clutch crucial moments that, you know, when you have the pressure cooker on, you need guys who are going to be able to work at that level and not kind of throttle back a little bit. So that they, they, uh, I, I felt, a, or I mean, I, I noticed a little bit of a shift there with how they kind of approach this draft. And I thought they were able to marry uh, need with value very well and be able to check a lot of things off the box. So like I said, we'll still see what happens with D-line. I, I think that, that that's probably one of the spots. And then if they can if they can address that a little bit more with a veteran or something, they become available and then go from there. I, I'm just going to uh, put it out of my mind and rest comfortably assuming that they will announce Melvin Ingram sometime around July 18th. Um, has re-signed and is coming back, and then we can all just rest easy because you got Ingram and Karloftis, and you know, um, and and then Frank Clark and and a rotation of other guys on their side. I'll, um, I'll feel better. I'll feel better, Nick. I'm 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 glad. I'm glad. I'm I'm, I'm waiting for that day because I want you to feel better. <laughs> so so yeah. So I I want you to know I did have Wendy's today. Um, but it was not because I was sad. It's just because it was the most convenient, uh, the most convenient option uh, when I was uh, doing some work over at my mom's house. So, 
I don't believe. I didn't want you to worry about me if you heard that I had Wendy's. I I uh I don't believe that you were over there just for the heck of it. That doesn't. Make sense. <laughs> so, um, no, but I got nothing else. Um, so unless you do, I say, uh, I say we take a pause and uh, and, uh, and then we can, uh, you know, reevaluate. Look forward to the schedule release. Look forward to rookie mini camp and. Uh, uh, we can move into the off season. Are are you glad to be done studying film? I mean, I don't know what I'm gonna do with my time. Maybe <laughs> maybe start looking at 2023. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> That's how it goes. I don't know. I don't know. I'll I'll uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll know by Wednesday what I'm gonna do with all that with all that free time. We'll see. All right. So until then, I I don't know, and I haven't really thought about it. I have no time to think about it. So I think you should take up sculpting, um, and you should get to work on the Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Whataburger statue. No, that sounds like an awful idea. So, okay. I mean, you know, you can you workshop, know. workshop it a little bit more. We'll come up with something. All right. All right. You know, I just, you're an Adonis. I thought you could make an Adonis of Patrick Mahomes. Oh, what? Uh, it's a very famous Greek statue of the most handsome man in ancient Greece. Okay. You've never heard oh. the phrase a Greek Adonis? It hasn't run across my path on a regular basis, oh. Don. I'm so sorry. That must be one of those five dollar things that I do sometimes. <laughs> yeah, more like fifteen this time. <laughs> All right. Well, um, unless you got anything else, Adonis, um, I think we should wrap this one up. All right, I better get out of here before <laughs> things go sideways. <laughs> yeah, because it could go bad really quick. Take care, kids. <laughs>